Okay, so today I'm super excited because I have one of my very best friends in the whole world, Miss Jackie Seaman. And Jackie is here for a multitude of reasons. Um, a, she's been my best friend for a thousand years. B, she features prominently in my book, Becoming Future You, Be the Hero of Your Own Life. Um, C, interestingly, she is not the ideal audience for the book or this podcast, but yet still somehow manages to find value in both and uh, even read an early copy of my book uh, and gave me some awesome feedback, which was super helpful, only come to find out later she equated, <laughs> she thought that reading the book was going to be, you know, something she was just going to get through because she was my best friend. And turns out it wasn't that painful for her. So, yay! <laughs> <laughs> so excited you're here. You should definitely put that on the cover. Not painful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to tell um, Todger I'm going to replace her quote about it being <laughs> vibrant beautiful i don't remember exactly what it was but not that painful i think is probably what i should welcome to the becoming future you podcast where it's all about you i'm here to help you figure out who you are and what you want out of your life what are your special gifts how do you impact others what does living a great life look like for you the answers are inside of you, and we're going to unlock them together. It's time to become future you. I'm your host, Mel Jolly. Let's get to work. Yeah, I don't know that I conveyed that properly, but that is actually one of my favorite things that anybody has said to me is realizing you were like, I'm going to do this because I love Mel. Uh, and, and also, too, I gave it to you, and I was like, can I have this back in two days? <laughs> I know it's a whole book and you may have like a life and like other things to do, but can I have it back in two days? And not only did you get it back faster than that, but also one of the things that was so great was knowing that you're not the ideal audience for it. And I knew that going into it because we've talked about a thousand things and um, sometimes we really don't agree, but yet we find a place to understand <laughs> each other. Um, that's why your feedback on like, wow, this really stood out to me. Wow. This, this really made sense was so helpful to me. I, uh, it was funny that you mentioned the podcast because with the podcast too, like you'll frequently say things like, I know that you're looking to make a meaningful change. That's why you're here. And I'm always like, Haha, no, it's not. I'm here because we're <laughs> friends, but, <laughs> but then <laughs> I, I was thinking about this earlier today, like I'm going somewhere with this. Time is going to make changes happen, whether you want it to or not, and mm. whether you believe in it or not. Like a lot of times when someone is suffering, I'll be like, time is going to help whether you believe me or not. You don't have to believe me. And right. I was thinking about how so many of the messages in your work have helped me without me paying any attention to that, like without me intentionally <laughs> trying to do anything or without me even really knowing when I heard it, that it was going to be helpful. And then I'll just be like, oh yeah, this is working. And I think that, <laughs> that you can help someone accidentally is like a really important signal of how effective you are when there's someone who's like, actually trying so oh was... for sure well and I think what's important is like you just try in a different way which we mm. may disagree on but you are trying you're just trying in in a in a less like look at me I'm growing and I'm working myself and it's really important my top priority right now which a lot of times I do work with people who have reached a place where they're like okay I gotta do <laughs> I gotta do something I have to change some things um, I don't know if that comes from, if it comes from my background in acting, which we share or all the, all the many books that I've read, or honestly, I watched a lot of TV, really watched a lot of TV. Um, but you know how there's always foreshadowing. There's always like oh, a sure. seed that's planted and later, oh, wow. and uh, if you watch TV with my husband, like you can't ever miss any of the foreshadowing because he's like that guy's going to die soon. 
yeah, I, I have a, I'll frequently see the camera like linger on the doorknob and I'll be like, I wonder if that's going to be significant. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, so I, feel I am like, not fun to watch movies with. Yeah, you and Heath can watch movies together. Uh, I'm probably <laughs> I'm probably not fun either because when we learned um, like story structure in I don't know whoever's acting class that was, um, I felt like movies were a little bit ruined for a while because movies sure. even more so than books because you consume them in like an hour and a half to two hours, you can very clearly see all them hit all the beats. And then you're like, mm -hmm. this is the black moment. This is all yeah. is lost. And now everything's going to get better. But anyway, I do. I'm sure sometimes it's totally accidental that I help somebody uh, by planting a seed early. Um, but sometimes I am like, I'm just going to put this. I'm just going to put this here. I'm just going to pan the camera over to the doorknob. Yeah. And later you're going <laughs> to look back and you're going to be like, oh. Ah. A doorknob was really <laughs> <significant>. <laughs> That's awesome. That's like some chess playing level strategy. I know, right? I know. I feel like we learned a lot in, in theater school or what do you call it? Make-believe school? Uh, yes, yes. Where we, yeah. we uh, paid money to learn how to make believe more better. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um. I feel like we did learn a lot in theater school that I apply now as far as thinking about like, how is this going to affect things later? Like, Oh, sure. You know, just not just story structure, but thinking about the future versions of ourselves, because I feel like so much of how can we play more better was you get in as a freshman and you're already basically supposed to have your career planned when you're in make-believe school i don't know if that's true is that true for other degrees do they expect you to like start your accounting degree and already know like what firm you're gonna work for and what i i promise to hop right back down off of this soapbox i <laughs> think the american education system is built on this idea of like predestination like it's built mm. as an adult look hey knowing where i've landed these are the steps i wish i had taken as opposed uh -huh. to being like the way time works and <laughs> you know let's give you the skills and the tools that would allow you to make the choices that would lead you to a satisfying place right so right. i mean i think we all remember like uh being in you know senior year of high school and being like so what major are you gonna choose yeah. like what career yeah. are you gonna choose what it, yeah. what are you gonna want 15 years from now and it's like girl nobody knows that no so no yeah speaking of things if i could go back in time and tell past mel anything it'd be like nobody knows what they want to do at 18 yeah so you're not you know. failing at this yeah you're like not no one does this and i think what was so hard um you know so for any 18 through 100 year olds who are listening if you still don't know what you want to be when you grow up that's normal i'm gonna say yeah. um i think one of the things that was a challenge for me was past mel was 100 percent dead set on exactly what she wanted to do i wanted to be an actor um sometimes it was that I wanted to be on Broadway and sometimes it was that I wanted to be in movies. Um, I remember telling you that I thought I had more of like a movie acting demeanor and you were like, do you see how much your face moves? I don't think that's. <laughs> and that's before I really realized I had like Disney princess face. And my yeah. Face just was yeah. All kinds. And Andy Sandberg wasn't popular yet. So that wasn't you know, a style of acting that was really popular on, on screen. Um, but past Mel was so dead set on what exactly what she wanted to do that. I think even if I could go back in time and be like, if you change your mind, it's okay. Because I remember people telling me that and I'd be like, screw you. I'm not changing yeah. my mind. I know. No, I'm definitely right. And nothing will ever happen to make me feel different. Right. Right. Meanwhile, we both got to the end of college and we're like, uh-oh. 
In fairness, I knew I wasn't going to be an actor. I was just looking for the easiest type of college to do. And that was that was what I settled on. Um, but I, I do don't think feel like it was that easy. Uh, I agree. I agree. I did not uh, find it easy to do, but I think I would have uh, struggled more with like, I don't know why the first topic I thought of was physiology. I don't even know <laughs> if that's a major, but you know, I, I, as a high school student, which is the age you are when you make these choices without a lawyer present, <laughs> thought like yeah this is the way to go this is definitely because my high school theater class was my easiest class so I was like boom I apparently go to college because they have stopped allowing me to attend high school so right. there you go right and so if you oh just as terrible a decision making uh, strategy as that is everything worked out and I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I was uh, talking to some of my friends who are moms who have been uh, homeschooling for the first time in the past couple of years. And they're, it's very stressful. It is more stressful than anything I can imagine. And the, the message I kept trying to share is, yeah, if your kid like never, ever learns to spell and never ever gets good at geography. Uh, she can still like be a successful adult based on my lived experience. Uh, so right. it's okay. Yeah, it, I mean, that's the perfect example of like, neither one of us is doing what we went to college for, like even a little bit, like not yeah. even a little bit. Um, and that all worked out fine, as you said. So I think yeah. sometimes, so for us, it was easier than I sometimes see for other people because, I mean, I graduated with a theater degree. And by that point in time, I was like, oh, I hate this. I hate this. I loved it when I went in, but going to college for it, not just killed the love, like <laughs> brutally murdered and destroyed the love I had of theater. Um, came back gradually over like 15 years. But... <laughs> So for, for us, I think it was easy to go, oh yeah, I mean, that's my college degree, but obviously I'm going to do something else because it didn't automatically boot us into a job. Uh, yeah. One of the things that I see people struggle with are the people who did get a, a degree that's a very clear, okay, you chose a career path when you were 18, mm -hmm. you know, and now you are an accountant. And because uh, 18 year old you was like, I'm going to be an accountant, not even really knowing what that entailed. Now you have your MBA and, you know, you're taking all these certifications and you hate your job and, and it's like slowly sucking all the life out of you. But because 18 year old you made that choice, you have to like stick to your guns and, and, and keep doing it. So I think for us in a way, it was easier to walk away from that decision being like, well, that was a pretty weird out. decision. What's next? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think like you wouldn't hold yourself to your 18 year old decisions in any other place. No. Like you would never be like, I have to decorate my room in <sighs> Paisley because when I was 18, I really liked Paisley. And, you know, I have to keep listening to Madonna because that's what I liked when I was 18. Like, no, that's silly. You don't even have the same haircut. Like, yeah, that that's a different you, you know? Yes. Yeah. I think that's what was so um, helpful to me when I started to realize that there are different versions of Mel. So like mm -hmm. college Mel had totally different challenges than it's been a long time. I, I can't do, I think 15 years. I think, I think it's been 15 years since college. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cause it's been 20. Does that make it 16, 16 years? It doesn't matter. 16 years because it's going to be my 20 year high school reunion this year. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. Um, where was I going with that? Easier to make. Oh, realizing when I finally, that yeah. Realizing that um, a college Mel had totally different challenges. Like college was when I was all of a sudden, I've been really confident in high school. And then all of a sudden in, in college, I'm like, I don't know anything about 
myself and everything is scary and nobody likes me. Um, understanding that there are different versions of yourself. A, can be incredibly freeing because you're like, I'm not that person anymore. Yeah. I, I barely even recognize that person. B, it can also be helpful in that there might be pieces of the old version of yourself that are worth revisiting. Because when I was in high school, the teachers called me smiley. And I was just, I was that person that I was like, walked down the, ha- the hallway and I'd smile and wave at everybody. And it was like this very social thing for me to walk down the hallway, which makes it sound like I'm Regina George and Mean Girls, but <laughs> I very much was not a popular kid, but I was just super upbeat. Yeah, happy um, to be there. Yeah. And when I was in my 30s, I was like, I don't even recognize that person. But knowing that she had existed and that that part of me had existed was what enabled me to go, what if I could be positive and upbeat again? What would that be like? I, I think, I think about um, the, the past me and how I don't really owe her anything, you know, she wanted X, Y, and Z and she's gone. So I don't need to worry about that. But what I, what do I owe the future me? And if you're trying Mm. to decide which state am I going to serve past me or future me? That's a really clear decision because you can't do anything for past you, you know, right. like, so I, I, it's hard to make the decision based on future you instead of past you, because you haven't met her yet. Um <laughs> And you know past you really well. You're like, what would the future me want? I don't know. But I know past me would have wanted this theater degree. I know that. Mm -hmm. So I I can go with that more confidently. But really, you know, who does that serve? So. Yeah. That's a really important. That's a really interesting way of saying that. I don't think I've ever exactly thought of it. Like, who are you serving? Um, Hmm. Yeah, because past you is like set in stone. Yeah, there's that's no over. change. You know, if it was a movie, that's already in the can. Like you cannot change yeah. that footage. Boy, isn't that uh, a huge thing? Like regret is, I think, part of what makes regret so crushing is <clears throat> you spend so much time being like problem solution, problem solution, but if the if it's something that already happened, that's just a problem and it happened. And the idea of like, I want that to have gone differently. And Mm -hmm. yet I have no time machine. So I need to, I can have my feelings. I can be sad. I can be disappointed. I can be angry that it went the way it went, but it went the way it went Mm -hmm. and nothing I do makes that different. So yeah, like, you 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 can only face forward yeah because facing backward is just like being mad and sad that you can't fix it it's it's watching the movie and wishing it was different it's like well well we already made this movie so you need to make a different movie yes it's like so i used to like how i met your mother Mm -hmm. the tv show yeah i hate the last season okay can't stand it Uh, they took the story in a weird direction introduced new characters i didn't like it i like to pretend it didn't happen sure so with your past what i was thinking um like as you're putting together that analogy like you don't have a time machine uh which is incredibly logical and easy to understand when you're not upset about something Mm -hmm. and then when you are upset you're like where is the undo button which is honestly the thing I think all the time. I think it's just because I use the computer too much. I'm like, can I command Z this? What? Why, why can't I just undo this? Undo, undo. I, the worst is when you say the thing and you see the other person's face and you're like, that hurt her. Mm-hmm. No. Like, undo, undo. I, 
did not say no bad uh yeah don't have heard it and it's like i don't think she heard it <laughs> I, saw, I saw her react to it yeah so it's yeah. i like what you said though about like we already made that movie because one of the mm -hmm. things that i try to remember um if i'm falling into a cycle of replaying the past um one of my favorite books is you are a badass by jen sincero and we think it's in this one that she says it, but she basically just says, don't think about upsetting things at night. And, <sighs> you know, we were together constantly in college. So, you know, that at night when it got dark is when I was most like, oh, everything's awful. And, you know, could make my laundry list of, of horrible things mm -hmm. in my life. Mm -hmm. um, I try not to play that movie at night. The thing in the past that I'm upset about whether it was something I did, something somebody else did, something that just happened that was bad. Um, in bed is when I'm most likely to want to play that movie and play it over and over and over and over again. So what I try to do is when it starts, I shut it down. Like I, I really tried to just tell myself, we don't think about upsetting things at night. We can think about this tomorrow if we want, but we don't think about upsetting things at night. And so far I've found once whatever it is, is not super fresh, that does work. If it's, yeah. well, it happened today. I mean, I, then I just try to tell myself the first night is the worst. Oh, and tomorrow that's good night too. will be better. Yeah. Like, okay, and we aren't going to win the battle against these thoughts tonight, mm -mm. but this is the worst it's ever going to be. Like that yes. I, I would find very comforting while yeah. losing that battle yeah and i think um, i really put that together this year because i had several major losses this year where the first night was awful awful mm -hmm. i'm so grateful to so many tv shows that i watched all through the night because i could not sleep um but what i have put together from those multiple losses in a short period of time is just that the first night is the worst second night wasn't as bad the third night was not as bad by you know, and at some point in time, I was able to start going, okay, shut it down. We're not, we will not be watching that movie tonight. Yeah, this, this movie makes us feel bad. So we are going to pick a different movie. Right. I, um, as you know, I have nightmares and they mm -hmm. are extreme. Mm -hmm. um, something I learned is never tell anyone your nightmare, including <gasps> yourself. Because oh. it makes the memory so much stronger if you try to, like, explain it. And if oh. you walk through the steps. And if I can keep myself from thinking, whoa, that dream was crazy. First this happened and then this happened. It loosens the connection to the memory. Oh. And it makes it much less traumatic. But I... I figured that out, but then I was like, okay, but how do I not, I just woke up. My brain is the weakest it's going to be all day. Like, I'm still like, wait, shoes? And <laughs> I, so telling myself, don't think about that extremely vivid and traumatic thing that just happened. So what I will frequently do, if you ever catch me very first thing in the morning, like as my feet are hitting the ground, I will often be saying something like, nope, we're going to list fruit, grapes bananas, kumquats. Is that a fruit? Doesn't matter. Keep going. Just we're going to think a different thing until yeah. the system comes online. And yeah. when I was, when I was grieving, I found first thing in the morning was the most intense oh. for me. And I think yeah. it's partly because I didn't have my defenses up, mm -hmm. you know, like I'd been, I wasn't hydrated. I hadn't been practicing present mindful thinking for hours you know like it was basically i was i was the most like a baby that mm -hmm. i was going to be that day and like a baby i was very weak and susceptible to being traumatized yeah. and so just having something quick and easy to be like all right this thinking isn't going to be like especially productive or interesting but we are going to focus on something else i love that that's a great idea that that kind of makes me think of one of the things that I had to work on switching was um, because I'm a storyteller, 
because mm-hmm. of our theatrical background. Mm-hmm. Um, when anything bad would happen, like let's just say I was having a bad day. Um, let's say it was the day that I was driving my car and spiders hatched in the door and started crawling up the window. Oh, like an actual <laughs> nightmare, but happens to you in real life. In real life. Um, no, it was usually a day that was, it was much less interesting than that. It was like, I was running late and then I couldn't find my car keys and then I couldn't find the right shoes. And then I realized I had on the underwear that's too small. And then, you know, it was just one of those days. Sure. Other people, other people have underwear that's too small. I just know it. Um, why don't I throw it away is the question. But as I'd be going forward in my day, um, I would be rehearsing the story over and over and over of, you know, then I lost my keys and then, you know, my shoes got wet and then the underwear and then this thing happened at work. And so all day long, I was looking for things to add to the story of this is why I had an awful day. This day is bad. Yeah. Well, and you talk in your book, you find what you look for. Yes. And so if the story that, you know, you say we want to be right. Mm -hmm. And so if the the thesis statement is today is bad, then the only evidence that you're paying attention to is evidence that supports that thesis. Yes, exactly. And that just makes it so much harder to turn it around Mm -hmm. because one, then I would be wrong. And (laughs) two, I feel like I've got this excellent body of evidence proving that this is an irredeemable day or an irredeemable moment. Yeah. Yeah. I was playing that I, at the end of the year. I was like, and then this happened, and this happened, and this happened. I'm like, Mel, you were literally doing the exact opposite of what you would recommend. It. Why don't you think about the good things that happened? I was telling somebody, and um, I was at a family function, and I was telling somebody, I'm like, well, this happened, this happened, this happened. And then uh, one of my cousins cut in. She was like, isn't this also the year that you published your first book? And I was like, yes. I mean, you're ruining mm-hmm. my story right now, but yeah. yes. and. That is my book about my case. <laughs> my book about living a meaningful life and being a more positive person. <laughs> being positive. What talking about. Yeah, I did. I did create uh, that book out of nothing. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that dream did come true. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks Jerk. for rubbing my face in it. <laughs> but it, yeah, I mean, I, that just goes to show any of us will find what we look for, and unless, at least for me anyway, unless. I can cut it off really quickly. The longer mm-hmm. I wait, the harder it gets because then I get more and more evidence proving mm-hmm. it was a bad year, it was a bad week, it was a bad day, it was a bad month, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I don't um, want to look for the other stuff. My uh, my husband, especially in the early pandemic, would read terrifying and upsetting news <sighs> all day and then tell me about it. Oh, and I, at a certain point, had to be like, "You have to stop uh, bringing this to me. I do not want this." And uh, he said that he realized. He said, "I realized what I was doing was I would almost step in dog poop, and then I would pick it up and bring it to you and be like, look what I almost stepped in. Look how bad this is.'" But something that he noticed when he stopped, he he still reads the terrifying news, but he doesn't tell me about it. And he said, when I stopped telling you about it, it did not ingrain in me the Um. way it did. Because when you're telling someone else the story, when you're preparing to tell someone else the story of your terrible day, your first audience is always you. Yes. And so you're really reinforcing for you that was a horrifying nightmare. Today has been a terrible day. The earth is on fire. I just read a story about it. And it's like, mm-hmm. why, why, why do we want to reinforce that message? Right. If we don't because have to. The 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 practice works. Whatever, whatever message you are um telling yourself, our thoughts have so much power, and we will believe whatever we repeat to ourselves. So those like this is a terrible day. I'm bad at making money. I can't run. I'm no good at math. I have to be an accountant because 18 year old me decided to be an accountant. Whatever the story is, whatever you're building evidence, the more you repeat it, the more you rehearse it, the more you say it aloud to other people, the more it 
it locks in as absolute truth. I I think about something you say in your book. You talk about um, slapping away compliments, and <laughs> that like, that story features you. Oh, it does. Yeah, but the uh, if you are saying to someone else, "Oh, it's nothing." you're saying it to you too. Like, mm -hmm. so whether it's trying to be modest or whether it's saying what you, you feel like your grandma would want you to say, like, you're not just saying it to them. You are always part of your audience. Whatever you're putting out there, you are also absorbing it. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. I, I have friendships where like we, our, I don't know, communication style is complaining and making jokes about how terrible everything is and making jokes about like, oh, but what would I know? I'm a piece of trash person. <laughs> and I come away from those interactions feeling like someone was just sitting at a table talking about how I'm trash because mm -hmm. someone was, it was just me. Yeah. And like, I don't bully yourself. There are enough bullies in the world, you know? Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's to be fair to your past self, it was a habit you probably picked up from watching the way your mom accepted or didn't accept compliments or uh, another person in your life, or maybe somebody literally said, you know, you shouldn't be so smug about the way you look because you didn't do anything like you didn't. <laughs> make you look the way you do. Or, um, I know for me, I, I very much had an adult in my life who specifically told me that I needed to be more humble, that I, um, needed to like not have a big head and not, you know, and they said those things to me directly. And it honestly, honestly, it really wasn't until I was writing the book that I recalled that memory. And I was like, Oh my gosh, is that where that came from? Holy cow. But I knew you and I had had the conversation and this did make it into the book. Um, you told me one time, you're like, anytime somebody gives you a compliment, you look like you're in actual physical pain. And I was like, you're wrong. No, that's not true. Of course, you know, like 10 years later, I'm like, I think, I think she was right. <laughs> Compliments make me really uncomfortable. Maybe I should examine what that's doing. And I think that yeah. is really common. I see that a lot in the people I coach. Um, mm -hmm. I see that a lot when I talk to women just randomly in passing. I attend mm -hmm. a lot of conferences and things and or even just like at the supermarket. I I generally try to find a person to compliment, um, whether it's on their hair or their coat or I mean, it generally is appearance related because I don't know anything about them personally. You, you've never I, seen them I, dance. I, Right. <laughs> Never seen them dance. Yeah. But he do always try to offer a compliment. And even then, sometimes you can see like the, like, oh, this thing I got it at Goodwill and it's got a stain on it. Which would I, be my I feel reaction. Like there's a very Midwestern um, receive a compliment by explaining that the person is wrong. <laughs> like, oh, I love that turtleneck. Uh, this is used and actually it's terrible and you should hate it. Like... <laughs> Just, I, I think the, uh, part of it is the, like, um, the, the, oh, it's nothing humility, but there's also a certain amount of like, oh no, nothing that I could attain is special, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. It, the fact that I have it proves that anyone it's could not have special. it. Yes. Yeah. And you realize that what that does to your larger, um, life view like, if you don't think you can have a special coat that looks nice and makes you feel good, are you really going to think you can achieve your dream of quitting your day job and opening your side pottery business? No. You're going to think that's for other people, not for you. When it seems so counterintuitive, like, why would we choose to see ourselves in this small way? And why would we choose to keep making decisions that we don't want? Like, why would we keep choosing the thing we don't want? And it, it just, it's, 
so often the answer is, oh, uh, known is more comfortable than unknown. Mm -hmm. Same is more comfortable than new. Yeah. And even, even if it's like, I do not like same, I am not happy here, but I, I know it, it's comfortable. I know exactly what past me wanted and future me is more mysterious and that's intimidating. And I, What's that, I that makes like, sense. Yeah. The saying is something like it's like better the devil, you know, or something like that. The devil, you know, man, I do not agree that the devil, you know, is better. Yeah, think of it like a gambler. The devil, you know, is bad. You know that. Mm -hmm. The devil that you haven't met yet might not be a devil. Right, right, right. Like, there's, there's a chance we that the unknown is good. Yeah, we automatically assume it's going to be worse, though. Yeah. Which is why, yeah. like, something as simple as going, okay, I'm going to work on developing a positive mindset. Which... I, I'm experiencing this as I'm taking people through my, my, um, DIY coaching program right now. It's a little less DIY because I'm actually taking a group through right now and we're doing group coaching calls, but my, my, um, unlock your five star future course. Um, one of the things that I'm seeing is people get really overwhelmed because we're looking at your life as a whole and the balance oh. and like all these different areas. How are your relationships? How's your health? How's your career? This, that, and the other thing. And I'm bringing this back around to say in the course, yeah, we look at everything and just like in the book, I have this whole chapter about superhero you and, and trying to figure out what you want and what your skills are. And, and, and really the book is about looking at your life as a whole, but then I bring it back down to like, just pick one thing. Don't try yeah. to change everything because usually what happens or it's one of a few things. Um, either somebody gets super overwhelmed because they're like, oh, yeah, my whole life is garbage and I need to change everything. Or um, they they get super pumped because of the kind of person that's like, now I know what I want to do in every area of my life. And I'm going to take on these 37 new habits. I'm going to set 85 goals to achieve this month. Woo! And they're ready for like one day <laughs> yeah and then they fall off a cliff because they can't do 37 new habits and work on 85 goals so it's like bring it back down to even just okay well if you develop a positive mindset that was my only focus when I didn't when I felt so terrible and I'm like I got to change my life somehow the only thing I said was I'm going to become a positive person I was only trying to change one thing but it's had this giant triple effect yeah well and I Something, and we've talked about this, something that uh, turns me off when it comes to what I see as sort of the, the world of self-improvement and mm -hmm. um, is this idea that your, your whole house is trash and you need to tear down your entire house and build a new house. I like my house. Like... <laughs> I have put a lot of work into making it the way it is and something that was really novel to me, or at least it felt really fresh to me and really helpful was I felt like your book and then you see sort of the same messages in your podcast as well was like that door in the pantry that squeaks. Mm-hmm what are some things we could do to help improve that? And I'm like, oh mm -hmm. yeah, I would totally be interested in improving that. And yeah. whether you love your house and don't want to tear it down because you love it, or you do not like your house, you do not live in the place you're supposed to live, it still makes much more sense to me and seems much more achievable and much more actionable to say, okay, let's look at this room and this mm -hmm. one thing about this room. Yeah. Um, the and and there were so many different moments in your book that struck me that way. Um, like the the thing, one of the things I think about is um the the macaroni story <laughs> where yeah. you you're supposed to make some macaroni for a potluck 
and you could just do the boxed craft mac and cheese and and be done because this is not like a a deep important goal of yours to get this macaroni <laughs> like this is something you're doing and the the goal should be a passing grade right yes but yes but we can't help we are a plus students yeah and um something i think about a lot is wow an a plus is not a good use of my energy when a C I like would that. have worked. Yes. And boy, and I, I, I read that macaroni story where, oh no, I'd better make the greatest macaroni and cheese, even though I do not care. I didn't want to make it in the first place. And now I've wasted like three good hours and who knows how much of my good energy mm -hmm. on this thing that doesn't matter. And I think about that all the time because I see so often in myself that wasted perfectionism. Mm -hmm. Like if you are working on something that's really important to you, like when you're working on your book, of course you want it to be the best that it can possibly get. Mm -hmm. You want that A plus for something yeah. that's important. But I was seeing a million moments lost every day to perfectionism about stuff I don't care about and yeah. i learned a really important lesson if you are wasting perfectionism on a household task watch your partner do the same task oh. and i can tell you in my case we have these coffee pods and i was spending like i was getting it there's a little mark in there that says like where you're supposed to put the coffee and i would get it up just a little too high and I would like get a spoon and take a little bit out and then I would put a little and I'd shake it and it'd be perfect and I'd put it in there and my husband just takes a scoop puts it in there puts the lid on it moves on with his life <laughs> I cannot taste a difference <laughs> it tastes exactly the same <laughs> Watching my husband make coffee, I was like, oh, oh, I am not making good choices with my resources. This is dumb. Yeah. It is dumb to spend this time and energy on this. And there's so many baked macaroni and cheese moments like that. And just that <laughs> little, that's not a major thing. Like, stop being weird about the coffee pod. That's not <laughs> going to change my life. But I just feel like I have so much more energy at the end of the day where I have been intentional with mm -hmm. which things get that attention, get yeah. that perfectionism. Yeah. And I, That's I really why... feel like you've helped me grok that. Oh my gosh. That makes me so happy because I used to live with you and I used to watch your perfectionism in action on weird stuff. Now, granted, weird. we're both. Uh, perfectionist in different ways. I was a perfectionist in theater classes that did not matter. And you and I both got the same grades at the end of the day when you just like rolled Which in having like barely memorized your lines. You would get an A. I would have spent hours and hours and hours preparing. I would also get an A. And then I'd be like pissed because I, we, I, because it's not fair. Great. <laughs> It isn't not, fair. It's not fair, but I could have had like a much more relaxed college experience. Yeah. Getting a, and I, a degree that I don't even use. <laughs> well, and I feel like you would often be like, I stayed up and I did this and this and this. And I'd be like, you should not have done that. Right. And that is not, that's not helpful in the moment. Like, no. like oh, that was a big mistake. Boo. Boo to that. But... <laughs> It, it, it does sometimes take that outside seeing someone do it with less of their energy and achieve effectively the same goal, like goals. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, oh, what else could I be doing with that energy? Yeah. Like maybe something I actually like. Yes. Oh, yeah. When I talk about let it be easy, which is essentially how yes. I say, like, don't try to get an A plus in something let it be you easy. don't care about. Let it be easy. It's not about being lazy. It's not about slacking every area of your life. It's about prioritizing because you only mm -hmm. have so much energy. And for some of us, we automatically put it in places where it benefits other people in a way that doesn't matter. 
So like <laughs> this is a reverse example of what you have. If I clean my house, my poor husband is like, oh my gosh, you didn't even move the chairs when you mopped the floor. I'm like, I mopped it like kind of in between the legs. It's fine. It's good enough. It's fine. Um, you know, whereas he, when he cleans the house, it's a whole, like, you got to move everything out of that room and then you clean and then it's, it's a whole thing. Um, but that's an important priority to him. It's something that yeah. matters. He really likes to have a clean house. That's great. I don't clean the house at all ever. Whereas maybe something else in our life, ah, the coffee pot, <laughs> I'm the one taking the coffee pot and going, could you like clean this like maybe once ever? And he was like, why? It's just going to get coffee in it again tomorrow. Yeah. So it's not everything in your life needs to get an A plus. Not everything in your life needs to get your best energy. Um, maybe you're giving your very best energy to your day job and they don't really care if you're giving them A plus, 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 plus effort or just B effort. Yeah. If you're the kind of person who's mad at your coworkers because they're not working as hard as you, that's on you. Stop working as hard. Yep. Like you're just showing them that you can do all the work. I Take stayed up late and did day. all the reading and you also got an A. Well, you should have gone to bed. Going to bed is awesome. Yeah. That's we, the we conversation talk. we had over and over and over and I never got it because I had to, I felt like if I didn't do my best work at everything, then I was a failure. And the grade, I mean, I got an A at everything. I got an A at everything. And the problem was I Mel never got an A tried. at everything, just so you I know. I got an A at everything, in case you're wondering. Except for in Sheila, Sheila's class, she gave me a B. And then I went to her office and I was like, you only gave us four grades this semester. Three of mine were an A. You, like, you literally can't give me a B. I know that's what you wrote down, but you're going to need to change it. Um, but anyway, I never super chill, super laid back energy super, all through college. Yeah. <laughs> it was really high strung. Um, but the point is, even though you said it to me over and over and over again, right. And I watched you get the same grades with less effort. I didn't reach a place where I could give myself permission mm. to stop doing better than my best, which is actually what it was. It wasn't even just my best work. I was stealing energy from other places. Like you remember the last year of college, I got super sick and I was falling asleep all over the place because I had mono. Yeah. Um, and that was probably in part because I had been stealing energy from like my bodily functions from your for health. years. Yeah. From my health. And when you're 22 and you're so stressed that you're putting yourself in bed Think what happens when you're 42 and you're less you're less resilient. So yeah. hear me when I say it is possible to be doing better than your best. So it's not just that you're trying to get an A plus, you're trying to get an A plus 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 plus, which doesn't even exist. Well, you know, I've said this to a thousand times. If I could go back in time and give <laughs> myself one piece of advice, I would say go to sleep because <laughs> not only are you stealing this energy from yourself, you're stealing it from me. I'm almost 40. I needed the sleep. Like yes. I do not remember what grade I got on whatever it is you're freaking out about. Uh -huh. I do not remember the party that you're trying to pick an outfit for. I don't remember. It didn't matter that much. I don't care. <laughs> I am tired. You need yeah. to go to bed. And look what and happened to my skin. What did yes! you do? I think all the time about how college me did not drink water and did not sleep. And now I have to buy a bunch of products about it. And it's unfair. <laughs> but I can't change it because we already <clears throat> made that movie. So I am just yes. trying to drink the water and have the sleep that 50-year-old me is going to wish for me. I'm, I'm yes. trying to serve her. Exactly. Like you have to learn from, that's the only thing you do. You can learn from the documentary that is already put down on film and already edited and can't be changed. You can watch, you can rewatch it if you want. As I would say, not it's at only night. productive though, not at night. 
It's only productive if you're going, oh, I should have drank water. I'm going to start that this. habit now. Yeah. I should have eaten vegetables. I have, I had this idea for a fun, for a fun little, little uh, game, which is. It's going to be about my weird diet, isn't it? <laughs> it actually is. But <clears throat> what I was going to say was, I want to give, if, if I could go back in time and give past Jackie a piece of advice, what would it be? And then if you could go back in time, you know, as 40 year old you and give past Mel a piece of advice, what would it be? Oh. And I, I made it up the, I, the thing. So I know what mine is for you. And it would have been learn to eat lunch. Just accept that you need to eat at some point during the day. Just make it a habit. You're not sure if you're hungry or not. Just eat lunch. Because the number of times that at the end of the day, you'd be like, I don't know, I just feel really weird. And my stomach feels weird. And I'm like a little shaky. And I would have to say, have you eaten today? And you're like, oh, no. If I could just like find a way to go back in time and be like, Jackie's sandwich alarm. <laughs> time for a you sandwich. Know, I, I know that when you talk about like <clears throat> damaging stories that we tell ourselves and reinforce for ourselves, this probably isn't quite what you mean. <laughs> but for some reason... And a false narrative that I 100% believed was that I didn't need food. That I was <laughs> too busy to eat. First of all, you are 20. You're fine. You're, you're fine. You don't have any household responsibilities. You can make time for a sandwich. But also that it would feel fine and I'd be okay and I could just function and be a person. Even though the day before, it had not worked. <laughs> like there was just like a really pervasive belief I held was that like I don't need to eat food ever. I am so yeah. glad you said that because I've actually never understood what was happening. I didn't know if you forget or you like didn't like sense that your body was hungry. I will say I don't have like a close relationship with my body. Like I I frequently don't understand her signals. Oh and right. I frequently uh, ignore her needs. I am my body's bad boyfriend. Um, <laughs> like she's just constantly like, please listen to me. And I'm like, no, stop talking. Um, <laughs> but, and, and I'll just give her guesses for what she wants. Instead of asking, I'll be like chocolate. And she's like, no water. <laughs> um, but I, uh, I lost my thread. Your limiting belief was that you didn't need food. Oh, I had the, I, something I still have to like consciously combat is this scarcity mentality. And anyone who, who's grown up without something can tell you how mm -hmm. like pervasive that is. I have never known want or need. Like I was mm -hmm. born very, very, very lucky but I have a scarcity mentality about time. I uh, always think there's not enough time to do any of the things. And the only way I can make enough time to do the bare minimum of the things is if I am constantly optimizing and, you know, make sure you never enjoy a moment because you need to be thinking about how this moment is taking too long. It's time for the next thing. And food just seemed like something really easy to sacrifice. Food and sleep. I was like, yeah, those are two things that you don't really need. <laughs> I, I'm surprised I wasn't like, I don't have time for shelter. Like, <laughs> no, no kid. Those are like base level, <laughs> like survival level things. Right. right. You know? Well, like, and to be fair, you know, apparently that was the, the limiting belief about time is something you were working against without understanding that that's what was happening. Um, also. Becoming an adult is really hard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It just That's really why it takes is. so long. I mean, even even something as simple as like when you were in high school, there was a designated time to go eat lunch, and everybody yep. in your class probably had to go to that room where lunch was served. So there was nothing else on the agenda but lunch. That was the purpose of that dedicated time, right? 
So then you get to college and you're like, think how much time I could save if I don't take that time, which by the way, I'm a hundred percent certain there's going to be at least 40 people listening to this who don't take time for lunch. Remember your mom was so worried about me because I would eat my lunch standing up. Yes. She was like, tell Mel she needs to sit down when she eats her lunch. And because she's a lot older than us and she knows a lot more. And she was like, uh, trust me, I've been alive a long time and you deserve to sit down and eat lunch. Yes. You deserve that peace. I Okay, so did you think about your thing for past Mel? Yeah. Um, and it's I I don't have it like perfectly articulated, but some version of you're right and many many things are unfair. Uh. And and you're right. even though you're right they will not become fair Mm -hmm. and you cannot make them fair Mm. and the 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 anger and the the betrayal that you feel when things are unfair you're allowing the unfairness a second victory oh oh I like that because I just, I feel like you, you are, you were such a rule follower and you were yeah. such an achiever and you thought, nope, if I do everything right, then I will get the desired outcome. And that's part of why it's so important that I do every single thing, A++. Mm-hmm. And yeah. th- first of all, you were robbed of that time and energy that you spent mm-hmm. on the plus plus. Then sometimes it wouldn't shake out the way you wanted it to. I feel like frequently. Sometimes it was an unfair outcome. It was not the outcome you had earned. Yeah. And so that was a loss. And then there would be the third loss of, but no, that's unfair. Yeah. We must rally against this injustice. And it's like... You can if you want, but it's not going to change anything. But it also anything. won't make a difference. And you could just move on and look for something that would bring you some satisfaction or joy. That is so, that's really good. I'm going to need to think about that because I know that's a story I still carry where I feel like if my intentions are pure and I do the right things and I work really hard, I will be rewarded. <clears throat> and I have had many times even lately, where I've worked really hard, I did the thing, I did everything right, and it did not work out like I thought it was going to. Um, <clears throat> so perhaps, maybe this is true for people who, you know, um, go they're in their early 20s and they do something other than creative arts, mm-hmm. but I feel like it was an especially, uh, a lesson that I had to learn over and over and over again, clearly still didn't overcome, But in the performing arts, it it is really a lot of nothing you control, a lot of nothing you control. So like I always have my lines memorized and I rehearsed a bunch and I worked really hard. I'd still look like me and I did not look right for 99% of roles because, I mean, I still look young now. And at 18, I looked like a 12-year-old. Like a wee so, baby. Like a wee babe. And there was almost no roles for a 12-year-old. In Very few musical theater roles for a baby. That's- <laughs> right. 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 Which was really hard for me to reconcile because I was like, but I you did the work. And I did but the I've thing. But I earned it. And I earned it. And that person didn't even work hard. And you just cast her because you like her. Yeah, Mel, that is how the performing arts work. Yeah. Get over it. Yeah. Yeah. And See, you would say it in a nice way. If I could go back to past Mel, there'd probably be some like, get over it. I don't know that I think she'd be super receptive to that. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> probably not. But I, I, so often I feel like step one is, you know, my friend who is, is, is frustrated because it's unfair. Step one is you're right. You're 100% right. It is unfair. You did deserve better. 
Absolutely. That isn't what happened. That movie has been made. It's a bad yeah. movie and we don't like it. But that's sometimes it's a bad movie. Mm -hmm. And don't let that unfair moment take this time from you as well. Yeah. Because it is still sealing your energy now. Yeah. Continuing to think about the thing and rail on how unfair it is. And then notice how for other people, things are just working out right and left. And it's comparison oh, syndrome all over the place. And you're like, that guy didn't even try. And he makes 8,000 times percent more money than I do. And what the? See, I already my head's like a little bit exploding. This is a story. This is a story for present Mel to continue to work on. I think all the time, like, yep, it's unfair. Thank God, because if my life were fair, if I only got the things I had earned, I would be out of doors right now. That's for sure. Like, I. <laughs> I am the beneficiary of the unfairness of life in a million ways. Yeah. And good. Uh, <laughs> I, well, and that's just a moment to be grateful, right? Yeah. So if we find what we look for, we can look for reasons to be grateful and that can be one of them. Yeah. Like, which is absolutely true. Yeah. I have I, the I, world's I, best dog and nobody else does. And that's not fair. So Sorry. Sorry, Sorry everybody. everybody. You can't have her. <laughs> oh, Jackie. I got lucky and I got her. Yeah, I know. She came to me. Too bad for everybody else. Okay, I have taken up so much of your time, which is only, you know, on our phone calls go for hours at a time. So this is not say, surprising. Yeah. And you're obviously going to have to come back on the podcast because I'm looking at this Aww. list of things that we were going to talk about. And I don't actually know that we talked about any of them. <laughs> the Mac I tried and to throw story. In, that's the yeah. one I can see without scrolling. So that's the one I, th I tried to throw in. Yes. Yeah. We got the Mac and cheese story, but there's about 18 other things on this list that we didn't really talk about at all. So clearly you're going to come back. Yay. Yay. This is exciting for me. Uh, I so appreciate you being here. And I think oh we, my gosh. we, we like hit on some really important things. And I love, um, one of the things that I love about our friendship and I'm glad that we get to share it here is our brains work in such different ways um, that so often you will say something in a completely different way that I've never thought about. And even though it's a similar concept, like, oh, wow, I should have drank that, some water. You're right. <laughs> that is part of what made reading your book such a an astonishing pleasure was, you know, we would have these long, long, long conversations and there would be these little jewels in them for me where you would say it in a different way than I'd ever thought of it and a way that I could accept. Mm -hmm. Let it be easy is a great example. Um, and your book was like those little jewels plucked out of every conversation spanning months and years like curated and polished and put all in a row so I could yeah. skip all of the other things. And it was just such a delight to be like, oh, here's a little gemstone and here's a little gemstone. And actually that one maybe doesn't apply to me, but right next to it, here's another little gemstone. Yeah. And it was just such a treat, such a, such a delight. Thank you. I'm, I'm extraordinarily proud of how the book turned out to be so skimmable so anybody listening, if you didn't buy your copy yet, I really recommend the print copy. Um, and that's, I mean, if we're talking about royalties, I make exactly the same. So I'm not <laughs> trying to upsell you here. But the thing that I like about the print copy is I was able to have all these like pull out quotes and like headlines and bullet points at the end. And I just don't think they come across as well in the ebook. It's just Sometimes I pick it up and flip through it and remind myself like, oh, present you and future you already have some habits in common, which means I'm doing better than I think. I probably should give myself some credit. Thanks, Pastmill, for writing this book for me. 
And, <laughs> you know, you could talk with a good friend and the full conversation could lead you to that. I have things in common with the person I want to be, but to have it just like, again, selected for you, polished, put on display yeah. here. It's in its most digestible form. It, 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 I can't overstate how helpful it is to have it in that form. Thanks. Yay. I'm so glad. And you're part of the reason that I finally got a book out because part of what happened was, uh, you finally said like, why haven't you written a book? Because I would frequently say like, I'm going to write a book or I should write a book. I have an idea for a book. And you're like, why haven't you? And I had to be like, I am afraid I can't do it. That is why. <laughs> so just having you ask the question and having me answer made me go, well, that sounds, I don't like the way that sounds when I say it out loud. <laughs> well, so. that feels so right because so much of your work is about asking that question that's going to help the other person make a turn. Mm -hmm. And I probably didn't know I was doing that at the time, but I'm so happy that, that, Nugget. It worked. <laughs> Nugget. That was, that was foreshadowing. You panned the camera over to the doorknob, and now we have this great book. Yay! Oh, what a good doorknob. What a good doorknob. All right. Thanks, Jackie. I cannot wait until you are back in the podcast. Definitely going to happen again soon. Thank you for being here. This was here. so much fun. Thank you for Yay! having me. Yay. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and got something you needed. If you did, please remember to take a screenshot of the podcast and post it on your favorite social media platform. Not only will it help this growing podcast find new listeners, you also retain new information better when you tell others about it. So make a quick post about today's episode and then take action on what you learned. Remember, if future you is different than present you, that means you're going to have to do something different. If you'd like to get more clarity on who you want to become, download the free Becoming Future You Starter Guide at becomingfutureyou.com forward slash start.